Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And we are back with another edition of the NPL Sunday Show here on the Brisbane Football Review to recap all the action in the last week of Queensland football. Adam, how are you? I'm good, Scott. It's a uh, busy, busy week. I uh, just know on the weekend, but uh, midweek. And we'll uh, go through it all, I think, and we'll try and get under an hour. We most certainly won't waste any time because there's plenty of league and cup action from midweek and the weekend. So we'll jump straight in, as we always do, with our recap of the NPL men's competition we'll start off round 14 with the match we covered in person on saturday night out there at the gold line the second second brisbane classico of the season lines scm brisbane city and unfortunately it was a little bit of one-way traffic wasn't it? seven nil win for lines fc four goals from alex fechner two of those from the penalty spot one from joey duckworth one from fletcher mcdonald and another from jackson hart phillips in a seven nil win over the 10-man Brisbane City with the defender sent off. Reese Ryan Hoffman's Roman Hoffman, I beg your pardon, sent off in the first ten minutes. Adam, it just it started off poorly for City, and it just unfortunately unravelled further from there. Yeah, sadly this game this game was over and done with. I'd say inside ten minutes with uh, Roman Hoffman's uh, with Roman Hoffman's uh, yeah sending off, and that obviously has bigger ramifications ahead of their clash on Tuesday night. But um, yeah. But Lions, Lions uh, pretty much as, as sort of st- statement of intent. They were just way too classy. And, you know, what can you say about Alex Fechner? He's just in. I, I know two two of his goals were from the penalty spot. But, uh, look, the other two goals were, were quite nice as well. So we've said plenty about the golden boot leader, Alex Fechner. So we might not discuss him too much tonight. Let's talk about some of the other players in the Lions side. They're a bit more under the radar. One in particular, young Fletcher McDonald, who's getting more and more football this year. He's been around the line setup for the last couple of years, playing off the bench in the 23s. But he's got more of a more of a starting role this year, and he seems to be developing quite nicely on that right-hand side in place of Zach Maltby, who's coming back from injury. Yeah, it looks like that he's making a home in that uh, that right wing-back role that uh, that you know that yeah, Zach Maltby you know sort of has been sort of been you know been stood up for the last couple of years, and uh, I, I actually think that you know it actually suits. Uh, Fletcher McDonald. We know Zach Maltby is, you know, he's, he's a he's a great defender. Uh, sorry, great attacker, I should say. Uh, defensively, uh, he sort of, you know, he he does the job. But I think actually Fletcher McDonald might actually have been developing, um, you know, as, as sort of that more defensive-minded player. It gives that just that little bit more balance. But uh, look, uh, it, it's an embarrassment of riches in that position where, you know, even though neither I'd say Fletcher McDonald or Zach Maltby, you know, would have started out. They're thinking that they would be a right a right wing back, but both both can do the job. Well, absolutely. Well, at the start of the year, it was um, Zach Maltby and Finn Beekhurst playing in those those full back roles or those winger roles, whatever you want to call it. They're very attacking at lines. As you mentioned, they have an embarrassment of riches. But the two players I have there now, notionally more defensive, but it is going forward where they're making a considerable impact. Obviously, it's the second goal of the year for Jackson Hart Phillips as well. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah, that's the other point. Is that, yeah, Jackson Hart Phillips in that left wing back role, um, uh, deputising for um, the aforementioned Finn Bicos has gone for the season, and uh, yeah, he he's 
create even more havoc on that uh, that left hand side. He's really getting forward and and joining attacks. So it, it is. Uh, it's almost like, yeah, that you know, the Lions mentality, the next man up, is is certainly sort of coming to fruition at the moment. And yeah, this this win, seven uh, nil. While I think I think you know the, a lot of the the mindset for for City by the time it blew out to you know two or three nil, that you know it's more about you know preservation for Tuesday night. But uh, still, seven is is something you don't want on the um on the record. Okay, now let's go through a couple of the more controversial instances. Firstly. The red card for Roman Hoffman early on. What was your thought on it? For me, I thought it was the one you look at it in the in the first instance here at the moment. It looked like one of those where there was a clear foul and there was an obvious goal opportunity and a professional foul. So for me, I thought that was was a, a correct decision. What did you think? Yeah, live. I thought yeah, it it, it looked pretty obvious that um, that referee Lara Lee. I think she had in mind that you know when when Alex Fechner burst clear that any foul that was going to happen between between there and the penalty box was all it was going to be you know that professional foul last man uh, foul. But I, I sort of I I felt watching the replays that you know the question in my mind about whether Daniel Bowles, who was beside Roman Hoffman at the time of the foul, you know you know in retreat whether he would have got around to sort of you know to shit to stop. Th- to stop it, but you know, look, I'm not gonna. That's uh, something that you know, in, it's a hindsight thing that with the benefit of replays. Look, if if the referee, yeah, you know, on first sight gives out red, I, I really can't complain. I, I don't think, and I think the, the thing is as well, I don't think Brisbane City, when it happens, well, I don't think they they um protested too vociferously either. No, they're probably more vociferously protesting the second penalty which was given for Brisbane for Lions, won it? So, yes, see, that was what they were more vociferously. I won't ask you about those two penalties because they were down the other end of the field, but I will ask you about the penalty which was given for Brisbane City when Aiden Mumford brought down, I think it was Hirayama in the front third? Uh, yes. Uh, what, what's your thought? Because to me, I, I was a, I actually thought there was going to be a red card there. I thought it was probably a little bit fortuitous that it was not a red card for Lions. And a great save from Aiden Mumford as well. Yeah, uh, look, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a penalty. Um, I thought I thought sort of there was slight contact, uh, but I don't think because it was a penalty, it was in the area. I don't think it was going to. I think it was the correct decision. I I think you now you had the um uh, the, uh, the, the triple jeopardy rule. I think is what what I guess saved Aiden Munford and um, uh, Darren Syme trying to find a, uh, a a makeshift goalkeeper for the last uh, thirty minutes of the game, which might might make things quite interesting. So. Yeah, if if you're sort of neutral on that, but um, yeah, I, I thought I thought again, I thought it was, it was the correct decision on on that that one. I think yellow card suffice, you know, in and and the penalty, Munford sort of redeemed himself very very quickly by saving it. Very quickly, who would you have put in goal in that situation? They'd already made all their subs, of course, lines. So already been one of the outfield players. Who would you go with? Oh, yeah, normally to centre back, so I'd, I'd say probably um, either Ethan Doherty or uh, Tommy Gerrard. I think might be might be sort of fit the bill in that. But uh, like I said, we we asked Darren Syme off the record that, or you did actually, in fact, yeah, you know, off the record last night after we interviewed him, and uh, even he didn't know. So <laughs> that's uh, I guess only he could have answered that. I'll go with Joey Duckworth. Why not? He's seemed to do everything else out in the field, so I'll go with Joey. Why not? Speaking of, Darren Tom, I did catch up with him after the game on Saturday night. This is what he had to say after his final 7 0 win over Brisbane City. We'll be back right after this. I'll talk with the coach of the Lions, Darren Tom. Down to 7 0 winners here over Brisbane City in the Clats game. I must be very, very happy with the result, first and foremost, against a historical rival. 
yeah, um, you know, the three points are vitally important for us. How, how we how we get those three points uh, is irrelevant to me as long as we get the three points. So, um, you know, obviously the game kind of blew out a little bit there, and um, but the the important thing for us was to to keep possession and, and be patient and, and kind of try to move them. Um, this is obviously a historical rivalry. You play them twice in three or four days in the cup. Is it mm. especially important to get through in the cup now, given it is against Brisbane City? They've been them last year in the cup, but mm. given who it's against, it must be extra significance. Yeah, um, we always say to the boys that uh, it's about them. It's about getting in the uh, on the national stage, you know, getting the shop window. So uh, I have no doubt that uh, City will go away and, um, you know, regroup and, and they'll be extra focused on Tuesday night. So it's certainly going to be a, an interesting game. I think you had to be similar with Morton Bay in round six. It's almost similar to the preparation where you just got to deal with it. Not worry about trying to hold anything back. You just got to go for it in both games. Yes. Yeah. That, that'll be the that'll, that'll be the plan. You, it's cup football. You can't just kind of be cagey and and hope to hang on. You've got to be really proactive. Uh, you know, we did it playing against the Raw here when the Raw came here. Um, you know, we didn't sit back. We uh, we threw everything at them and yeah, in the Australian Cup. That's what it's all about. Last question. I want to ask you about your attack. So, but I'll ask you about young Fletcher McDonald. He's done a lot more game time this year. Was really happy with his development in the right hand side. Yeah, he's uh, he's been excellent. You know, he uh, he's always had the potential. You know, the, the last few years, but I think injuries have kind of held him back. But he's had a really good run at the moment. Just really strong on the ball. You know, for someone his age, he uh, he doesn't get intimidated too much. And you know, just uh, a wonderful kind of resource to uh, to add to the, the the squad. So no, I'm really happy. I'm happy for him. Let's enjoy the win. Good luck on Tuesday night against Sydney once again. Thanks, boys. And thank you to Darren once again for his time there on Saturday night. We'll move on to the rest of round 14 in the NPL Men's Conference. Now, Adam, and we'll start off with the game on Friday night down on the Gold Coast between the Gold Coast Knights and Peninsula Power. It was a 2-1 win for the home side. Josh Woolley gave Peninsula Power an early, early leap for a second-half brace from Christian Brymora gave them a, the 2-1 win, the winner came in the 91st minute as well, Adam. That's a pretty important win for Gold Coast Knights who've suff- suffered two defeats already to Peninsula Power this year, including in the Cup. Yeah, I think that was um, a bit a bit of justice, I think, for them because uh, that, that win all of a sudden puts them right on the, um, on the tail of Peninsula Power in the top four. And with three games in hand, you'd almost back them and, and the, the opponents they have. In the, on the, in those catch-up games, you'd almost back them to, you know, pretty much to go past Pinchel Power. So I think it's an important win. It's good to see Christian Brymora, you know, get, get it, grab a couple of goals as well. I think that that'll give his confidence a world of good. So, so yeah, I think it's a that's a big win for a Gold Coast Knights. Peninsula Power, I think they, I think they were a bit unlucky. I think that was again, I think that's more about Knights winning the game than than Power losing it. But it doesn't change the fact that that's yeah, that's it's dropped points for them. Absolutely, we'll move on to the, to the action on Saturday now. Staying on the Gold Coast, it was a 5-1 win for Gold Coast United over Olympic FC. Two goals from Shane Smeltz, two from Sam Smith, and one from Riley Thompson-King with a consolation goal from Zach Kierpal for the visitors. We've mentioned before Gold Coast United, Adam, they've been picking up points and edging towards looking to be a contender for the top four. I think it's fair to say with this result on Saturday night, they've well and truly entered that top four race. I think they're on the radar now. Gold Coast United. This is a this is a big win for them um, down down at Coplex. Uh, five five one as well, and that's um, 
that that is a big statement. I think it's been a week to forget for Olympic. Uh, we'll, 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 get, we'll get to that, but uh, but yeah, and um, I don't think they I don't think they bounced back as well. But also as well, Gold Coast Knights big win. Shane Smeltz on the score sheet. Sam Smith on the score sheet. So they're they're big they're big um, forwards are starting to find the back of the net, which uh, and defensively they're very they're very very stiff to to break, especially at. Um, Especially at Coplex, and the one goal that Olympic came actually came from a a save penalty, which was in, eventually sort of bundled in by uh, Zach Kierpal. So, so yeah, realistically, uh, this is a big win for Gold Coast United, and they they are also all of a sudden right in that uh, that finals calculations. They most certainly. You mentioned Sam Smith; he's now the all-time leading goal scorer for the for Gold Coast United in the NPL men's competition, as well. That was his eighth of the season, but. For Olympic, you mentioned you're expecting a bounce back after the cup, and there wasn't really much of a bounce back. That'd be probably the most concerning thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's um, look what what happened. Like again, we we keep on learning. We'll get we'll get to what happened at Cornubia Park on Wednesday night. You know, a bit later in the show, but uh, yeah, you would have expected that there would have been some sort of you know rebound as far as you know performance goes. It, it would have come out you know swinging. Uh, we didn't obviously we didn't watch this game closely because obviously we were. We were at uh, at Lions uh, covering that game, but uh, yeah, the, the result itself it is, it is really quite concerning. It is, and we'll we'll talk about their game in the cup later on. As you said, we'll move on, however, to the other game played. Another game played on Friday. I beg your pardon. Eastern Suburbs two, Logan Lightning two, two goals in the penalty spot from Alex Simmons. Goals from Jacob Fullock and a late equaliser. For Matt Capello gave Logan a share of the points away from home. They still remain in that relegation spot, Adam, but that's a re- relatively handy point for Logan. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you can look at it in two ways. I think uh, a, a, a handy point each for East and and Logan, but I also think for one team it's two drop points. I think that which may uh, come back to to you know coming calculations later in the season. But uh, yeah, look, I, I would if, if I was tipping on this, I probably would have tipped a draw. These are two sides that are fairly equal in terms of you know ability and sort of performances. So so yeah, I, I think a draw is probably a fair result. You'd pick that. You should enter a tipping competition, Adam. No, oh, yeah, I couldn't be bothered. <laughs> we'll move on to the two games played on Sunday to conclude round 14. Firstly, at Underwood Park between Brisbane Royal Academy and Moreton Bay United. And it was a 3-2 win for Moreton Bay. Two early goals from Nathan Beagley and Will Goulow put the visiting Jets 2-0 in front before a Fernando Nash brace leveled the scores before a late winner from Will Edmiston for the visitors, Adam. And it's a very important three points for the visiting Morton Bay. Absolutely. I think that's, um, that's a big win. I think that edges them sort of, you know, it gives them a bit of breathing room, uh, breathing room from the sort of the relegation battle at the moment. Uh, their, their form sort of is still probably not consistent to the liking of um, of Royce Brownlee and uh, those out at uh, Walter Park. But uh, look, a win's a win. And uh, the, the, these games against the Raw never seem to really, you know, disappoint. This is probably, you'd, you'd almost say from the Raw point of view, uh, they, they were much better. Fernando Nash, I think, has probably been the probably the fine of the season, you know, especially for, for the Raw. He's really, you know, come along. And the goals he's scored have actually been very, 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 very good goals, very good strikers' goals, which I think that's important and also in the bigger picture of things as well for the Raw. But, um, but yeah, look, they, they, were, they were bad today. Uh, like I said, at the end of the day, uh, a, a winner for uh, th- through... 
uh, for we'll four, four more, yes, yeah, so I will have myself have link then, and um, and yeah, like I said, and obviously the the big tall timber that uh that Morton Bay have now when when they have set pieces is always going to come into play, and this is what exactly was coming about. As Morton Bay's number one ticket holder, you knew who it was. Don't even try and pretend otherwise. But back to your point <laughs> on Fernando Nash, I think you're right. It was. The second goal in particular, the one just after the halftime break, was a really good finish, wasn't it? Just kind of fell to him on the edge of the area and a really good finish into the bottom corner, really good lethal striker's instincts. That's what you're really looking for in young players coming through at the Raw Academy, and it certainly does seem like they've found a good young player here. Absolutely. It's uh, four goals in three games now for Fernando Nash. Even, even the first goal as well, they, I thought it was very brave and, you know, it, sort of a ball that, you know, was, was sort of uh, pumped through the middle, and he was able to, to, to find... It was to get between the two defenders and, and sort of you know, steer it past Nathan Foster, which I thought you know, that was also a very, 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 very handy goal. You know, first, a first touch goal almost. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to like about him. And I think the good thing as well for the young raw at the moment, it is yes, it is a young side. Yes, they are sitting in 11th spot. And, and from a uh, you know, results point, this is it's another you know, big drop three points. But... Uh, Look, I think performance-wise, when you're looking at those players, they've got some good young players coming through. I think the fact that they seem to be a settled squad now, that you know, if if they can keep this this um this squad together, I think that they're going to you know you know win you know more games than they lose, or at least you know put up you know a fight because you know they a couple of performances have been sort of you know almost bordering unacceptable for you know for a team in you know the Raw's colours. A very improved improved and impressive performance today. Unfortunately, unable to get the points. We went to the final game of round 14, which wrapped up on the Sunshine Coast. with well, a 2-1 win for the Wanderers over Capella. Riley Campbell and Kyan Bryant with the goals either side of the halftime break for the Wanderers. And Adam, it's a, it's just a result which the Wanderers had to, had to have to continue. Firstly, their unbeaten run in the league and also, and also picking up points to continue in the top four race. Yeah, they they were pretty disappointed with their performance uh, on Wednesday night in their in their cup loss to Brisbane season. This this is a this is a good result for them as well. Um, yeah, and like their league form has been outstanding. That's that's nine that's nine games you know without a loss. So so I, I know it is against Capalabar, and I think that they would have they would have expected three points. But uh, yeah, look, they they are they are also in the running as well with the Gold Coast Gold Coast United and Sunshine Coast Wanderers. They're two teams that I think the top four at the moment really need to keep an eye on. So speaking of the top four, we'll go through the table. Now, Lions FC, they sit six points clear on the top of the table on 32 points. Ahead of Olympic FC, 26. Peninsula Power, 23. Gold Coast Knights, 22. Gold Coast United, 20. Sunshine Coast Wanderers, 19. Morton Bay, 15. Eastern Suburbs, 15. Brisbane City, 11. Logan, 9. Brisbane Roar Academy, 8. And Capalabar, 3. So, a couple of weeks ago, Adam, it did look like potentially it was going to be the top four that we expected at the, top, at the start of the year moving away, but it seems like there are a couple of teams here who are starting to mount challenges for a spot in the finals this year. Yeah, the, as, as I mentioned, the Gold Coast United, Sunshine Coast Wanderers, they keep on picking up points. And the top teams, you know, especially as well, they um, most of them got to play each other at some point. If they start dropping points with each other, uh, they're going to be right, right in this. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be exciting uh, run to the finals, at least uh, in the in sort of the interim part. Absolutely. We'll move on to NPL Women's, where there were two round five catch-up games played. Adam was a 3-0 win for Capalaba over Olympic FC, as well as Eastern Suburbs with a 2-1 win over 
to QAS. So some good results there for those two sides. We'll move on and focus on round eight, however, and the game which we covered in person at Lions Stadium between Lions SC and Capalabar. It was a 3-0 win for Lions in a top-of-the-table clash, but with Gosman Tegan riding Amy Gunson and Mariel Hecker, the usual names you expect to see on the score sheet. But for a top-of-the-table clash and a grand final rematch, this was a pretty tight game for an hour. It was. And uh, look, I'm going to be honest. I, I thought that this, this might have been a banana skin game for Lions. The, no no cannon cloth. Uh, Mariel Hecker, obviously, Probably still not 100% fit yet. She she came off the bench as well. No, Naish Nori as well. So uh, that, that's three very very good players that they were that they were missing. But uh, the the young the young players are coming through for for our lines at the moment. I speak of I speak of Georgia Rink. I speak of uh, Maddie Teakle. I speak of Zara Kruger. Zara Kruger, of course. Yeah, you know, she she looks like that. She's a junior Matilda in waiting. It has, it has to be said, and she, she's uh, she's an exceptional talent. But uh, yeah, all all those young players, they seem to be making their mark in this in this side. And yeah, they um they turned back the challenge from Capalabar, and in the end, it was a a good win. Absolutely, you can include other players, in that young, not not quite as but Tiana Karambasas, Abby mm. Everton, even Tia Apo off the bench as well. So it's a pretty young, a lot of young players in the Lions at the moment. I think everyone looks at Lions in the NPL women's team and says they're the gold stand. They've got absolutely an embarrassment of riches compared to the rest of the competition. But it's the young players providing the depth this year, which are really in the early phase, all not carrying them, but they're providing a really solid foundation for those senior players to, to come in and do their thing. The thing is that this, these young players that are excelling at the moment, the gold standard might be a gold dynasty. If, I, if I'm being honest, because uh, they, they, like I said, these, these are you know, very, very young players that have come through the Lions system, you know, from that, you know, from 12, 13 years old, you know, and they're playing senior football at the moment and playing and playing sort of, you know, at, uh, you know, they're playing senior football at a high standard. And they, like I said, they're like, this is a, a Lions team that are unbeaten for 603 days. So, you know, 40, 44 straight, uh, straight uh, games without, without defeat. So, like I said, you know, it's obviously at some point you you think that you know you know attrition would catch up, but I, I just don't see it with this line side at the moment. They may they may lose a game here or there, but uh, yeah, this, it, this is a very like I said, this is a very very good side, and uh, they they showed it with, against a well, I should say Capalabar side that were laden with you know current Brisbane Raw uh, A League women's players. Capalabar and Justin Marks, I do want to do that, but also with the this, this unbeaten streak for Lions, that's 44 games, including their Kappa Women's Super Cup fix. So that's 36 games in the league, which obviously equals the Brisbane Raw A-League men's record from about a decade or so now when they, they broke that record. So this equals that in the league, but it's 44 games in all competitions. They look like they're going along very, very nicely. But for Capalabar, I think, again, they do have some really good experienced players there at Capalabar, but Again, it's their unsung players last night that really impressed me in terms of the way they played. Yeah, look, and the Capalabar, despite the result, I think that was a result, you know, 3-0 going away, you know, where they, they had to chase the game. So a bit bit like the Gold Coast game, Gold Coast United game a week ago, the result probably doesn't reflect the, the game itself. I think that, you know, Capalabar, you know, they did take it up in parts. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, like I said, they just had no answers for for this, this line side at the moment. And they did have both of their central defenders go off with injuries. Yeah. It certainly affected their organisation. 
Yeah, you know, Brooke Spence and uh, Liam Miles both uh, coming off injured. So hopefully for them as well that they, um, yeah, that that's not too serious and they they're back soon because that that might obviously, you know, it's one thing to go toe to toe with with the champions, but you know, losing those couple of two very experienced players, um, the the coming weeks might be very very interesting for them. Let's see what happens when they can play in the reverse fixture down there at Capella Bar. See if they can knock them off then. After the game, we caught up with the head coach of Lions to see Rob Askew. And let's see what he had to say after his had a 3 0 win at home over Capalaba. We'll be back right after this. I'm talking about the coach of Lions, Rob Askew. Rob, 3 0 winner here over Capalaba. Are you happy with the result, first and foremost? Oh, the result's perfect. Um, we had a lot of players unavailable tonight. And, um, you know, I, I have great faith in playing any of our players in our, in our squad and know that they'll do the job. But, uh, you know, the, the list of players unavailable. Um, you know, impressive by by name. So uh, to get that kind of result was was excellent. You mentioned some of the players you had to give a chance this year. A lot more young players getting a chance at the Lions. Is that the thing that's most pleasing for you given the start of the year? Young players really coming in and making Absolutely. making the level their own? I mean, all coaches love to bring on young players and to see the progress that a player like Maddie Teekle has made this year, who's come through our, our 13s, 15s and into our first team. She's played just about every, I think she has played every minute of the season so far at right back. Um, George Georgia Rink, you know, she's been with us a couple of years now, but I know that she was, the year we picked her up and brought her into the first team, she was rejected by uh, another club's under-23 side. Abby Everts is uh, a player that's come through our youth team. Um, so to see them coming in and being being um, dominant out there was really you know, delightful. Yeah, it's a nice mix, right, all the younger players, also the senior players as well in the front, though, particularly. They really stood up for you tonight, didn't they, in the second half. When you needed to get the breakthrough, it was the senior players, once again, who stood up. It, the best environment for young players is to be playing with quality senior players who have experience and that can be good mentors and good coaches to the players out there on the park. And for our young guys, having players like Chelsea Blissett, Tegan Riding, um, Marielle Hecker when she's out there, these, girl, these guys are invar- inv- invaluable in terms of what they can pass on to the players and teaching them to become you know, good semi-professional footballers. Just finally closing on that half-century games I've been. Are you just completely ignoring that or is it a bit of a target for you? I was completely unaware of it until I think it was last week or maybe early this week when uh, Rob Scanlon mentioned that they're looking into it. Um, I think it's 44 games now, is it? Yep. So uh, it's a good, you know, I think when I was at the Gap in the MPL, we did 37. And I know prior to that, we did, I think, 56. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice to break that record. Hopefully you can do that in future weeks. Yeah, but we all, uh, like, to answer your actual question, we are... um, we haven't talked about it. We don't talk about it before the games. And, you know, it'll just be one, one game at a time and hopefully we'll get there. It's, a good, it's working for you at the moment. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. And thank you to Rob once again for his time out there on Saturday night out at Richlands. The other games, Adam, from round eight in the NPL Women's starting off, starting off on Friday night. Morton Bay United won. Eastern Suburbs won. Georgia Beaumont and Sophie Pearson on the score sheet there for either side. Olympic 2 South United won. Christina Amadou and Innocent McMichael on the score sheet for Olympic. Rika Tano for South United there. And the final game was a 3-0 win for Gold Coast United. Their first win of the season, thanks to an own goal, Bronte Rose and Momo Hayashi, all in the second half. That's got, we, we mentioned last week, Adam, Gold Coast United weren't far away from scoring some goals and getting a win. And it turns out just today was the day for the for the, for the side from the Gold Coast. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... 
on paper, it's a very good win. Uh, they, they they probably knock on the door. When you, as we said last week, they they put their they even put in fifty percent of the performance they did against Lions, and they 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 should they should come away from that. And that's that's no disrespect either. The Sunshine Coast Wanderers, they're they're a, they're a very good side themselves, especially up at Ballinger. So, uh, look again, we we say it week after week that you know the rest of the competition outside of Lions is a very very tough competition, and it's to see Olympic who about who also bounced back with a win over South United. So it, it's a case of, you know, you need to keep watch this league, you know, every week. Uh, and that if as far, and as far as teams go, you don't show up and play the best. You, you're going to get beaten unless you play Lions, which then <laughs> it might be, <laughs> like I said, without, without putting too much finer point of that, you need to really bring your game. It would help. There's no doubt about that. We will look at the table now. Lions SC, they are eight points clear at the top of the table on 21 points. Kapalabar, despite their loss, they remain second on 13 points. East are on 11. Sunset Coast 1 drowning out the finals places on 9. Then it's Olympic on 7. QAS 6. Gold Coast United 6. South United 5. Morton Bay United rounding out the table on 5. But that just does illustrate, Adam, that there's, there's one game between the five sides not currently in the top four. So it's still incredibly tight between those teams in the second half of the table. Yeah, win, wins and draws are going to be an absolute premium as well, especially with the, the threat of the uh, of relegation, bearing in mind that QAS are exempt. Yes, they are exempt. Same with the Brisbane Roar Academy. We'll see if that comes into play at the end of the season. We'll move on, however, to FQPL1, where there was one midweek game played from round 11, which we'll talk about very briefly. Southwest Queensland Thunder 4, Brisbane Strikers 2. That's a really important win for the Thunder. Yeah, um, at, at the time as well, that that propelled them into second uh, with, with with a win over Strikers. So two two teams that are that are vying for promotion, and and even the, the, I'd, I'd still say that the Premiership hopes are still sort of in play as well. So that that's a big win for Thunder. It most certainly is. Unfortunately, to look ahead to round fourteen action, Adam, both those two sides fell to defeat. And we'll start off with the game. At Underwood Park, Rochelle Rovers 6-1 winners over Southwest Queensland Thunder. Six different goal scorers for the Rovers in that game as well. So a bit of a coming back down to earth result there for the Thunder. But for Rochdale, it does seem like right now it is their it is their league to lose. Yeah, they um yeah, they, they look like that they, they they seem to be the most consistent of those top four teams at the moment. And uh I must say they look very resplendent in their special pink kit on uh on Saturday night, which I know was uh, a fundraiser that the club were doing, so I, I would hope that they uh, they made a lot of money for that. I think it's a, it's a women's obviously uh, charity, so so yeah. But uh, yeah, look, their their form their form on the pitch as well. I think they're the ones at the moment. If they can ju- if they can keep the consistency and beat the team, they should. Uh, I think promotion to MPL might be might be theirs at last. Absolutely, and goals from Marek Madley. Liam MacArthur, Alex Warlow, Oladjika Hinde, Cooper McCormick, and Sam Riggard. This illustrates the point that they've got plenty of goal-scoring options in their side. Oh, absolutely. That's a uh, number of players there that uh, are you know, certainly capable of scoring a number of goals, although uh, Alex, Wor- Alex Warlow uh, did get shown a red card for a very agricultural uh, challenge uh, midway through the second half. So he'll, he'll miss a few games uh, because of that. That balances out his long-range strike for his goal. So mm-hmm. an all-round action performance from Alex Warlow. Elsewhere, 
Uh, it was a 2-1 win for Redlands United over Southside Eagles. Two goals from Liam O'Brien and a 90-minute winner from Ryota. Sumiyoshi gave Redlands the points in that game. Magpies Crusaders on the back of a Michael Lyle hat-trick had a 4-2 win over Western Pride. Kabulcha with a 4-3 win over Mitchelton. A 96-minute goal from Daryl Barton proved the difference in that game. In the final game of the round, Adam, Sunshine Coast fire one. Brisbane Strikers nil a goal from Brandon Lee in the second half gave Sunshine Coast the win over the Brisbane Strikers. Back-to-back losses for the Strikers and it seems like their, the momentum they were building is starting to stall a little bit. Yeah, uh, I think momentum lost for a number of teams this weekend. You know, strikers have now lost two, you know, two on the bounce. Um, also, as well, that uh, South East Queensland Thunder, that's, that's a big loss after a big win. So they, they're sort of, you know, sort of, you know, back where they, they were. But I think the team that, obviously, as well, I think, you know, that needs to be a watch, obviously, Rochdale there, Redlands, you know, sort of, you know, they, they're chipping away, and that's a, that's a good win against uh, Southside Eagles. So uh, they probably expected to win, but they'll, they'll, be, they'll probably be the ones at the moment that you'd say maybe for second place uh, behind Rochdale, that might be, but like I said, there's still challenges. And uh, it's good to see uh, Michael Lyle get amongst the goals for Magpies Crusaders. He's He's been their talisman you know, for a number of years in the past. And uh, yeah, like I said, he he's, he's obviously uh, finally finding, finding his form. As it was about the Sunset Coast Fire later on, I, mean, I know we both think they're kind of going under the radar a little bit, but another team who is certainly, to your point, is Redlands, aren't they? They are sitting second in the league and just going about their business very, very quietly down there on the base side at the moment. Yeah, yeah, the team, obviously, they're very unassuming. They're not, like I said, they're not, they're, they're obviously, they're not you know, putting away teams by massive scores in, 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 in most uh, regards. But uh, yeah, they're, they're picking up points and that's, at the end of the day, consistency is, is what it calls for. And putting away teams easily, that's what they do in the League of Goals, also known as FQPL2 men's, which we'll move on to to now. I should have first, I beg your pardon, my mistake, we have to go through the table first for FQPL1. Rochester Rovers sit top of the table on 27 points, ahead of Redlands United on 25. Southwest Queensland Thunder 23, Brisbane Strikers 22 round out the top four. Western Pride and Magpies Crusaders both on 18 points. Sunshine Coast Fire 17, Caboolture 15, Southside Eagles 9, Mitchelton 7 and Ipswich Knights 7. So it's pretty clear there's three clear tiers in the FQPL 1 men's table at the moment, Adam. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think, we've we sort of seen that, uh, that seen that sort of, you know, develop as patterns in, in the results. Uh, but yeah, even Sunshine Coast Fire at the moment, they've got a very, very important week and they've, uh, I'd say, a couple, of, a couple of big wins and they might be the biggest one to come. We'll preview that uh, in, when we talk about the Cup. Absolutely. Now we will talk about the League of Goals, where there were plenty of goals on show once again. There was one catch-up game midweek from round six, a two-all draw between Samford and North Star in there. But moving on to round 14, and we'll go through the results quickly here before we talk about a couple of individual games. Surface Paradise, Apollo 6, Kumara Colts 4, hat-tricks for both Teddy Watson and Olavo Santos in that one. Samford Rangers 2, South United 1. Turinga Rovers 3, Wynnum Wolves 2. A nil-all draw that's unlike FQPL 2 between Albany Creek Excelsior and Grange Thistle. There's a 3-0 win for North Star over, over Virginia and a 5-1 win for Magic United over Holland Park Hawks. They took the lead in that game before Magic scored five goals in response. So plenty of goals on show here, Adam, but the two golden boot contenders both got themselves hat-tricks to cancel each other out on Friday night. 
a game of tennis down there at uh, Viney Park. But uh, well, surfers win the first set. Yeah, oh, surfers are the way they're going win all the sets. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, uh, yeah, Kumra just quietly. I like I said they've, they've got goals in them. Uh, Levo Santos has been in absolute red hot form, and um, yeah, like I said, and even against a, a defence that. Yeah, you know, the ilk of uh, Surface Paradise. He's, he's certainly putting goals away. So that, that might be one one to watch, especially as well. Uh, you know, we, there's this little thing called the transfer window. That uh, if you're looking for a guy that can score goals, that might that might be one place to look. Would be would be a bad place. To, no doubt about that. Looking for goals, go to FQPL2. You'll find plenty of them. But Albany Creek, it's another draw for them. It's a bit of a bit of a stalling of momentum for them here, isn't it? Yeah, um, look, it's a big game coming up again. A catch-up game against Surface Paradise Apollo in a couple of weeks' time, I do believe. And uh, yeah, look, they if if they if they lose that, I, it's almost you can start start you know, putting putting the bets on that this, this the premiership is over. I think I think uh, there's a few too many drop points at the moment for Albany Creek, uh, realistically, and they're they're gonna, they're probably going to need to beat Surface Paradise to keep the the premiership race alive because they lose that. I think I think Surface Paradise are over the hill and far away as far as the premiership goes. Well, at the moment they do sit seven points clear or thirty five points compared to Albany Creek's twenty eight. Look at the table. Sanford are up into third place on twenty one. Holland Park down. To fourth also on 21, that's on goal difference. And you have Magic United 15, Wynnum Wolves 15, North Star 14, South 13, Tringa 12, Coomera 9, Grange 8, and Virginia 7. So a real log gem in the middle there, Adam. And perhaps also those third and fourth spots could well and truly be up for grabs as well. There's plenty of sides within a couple of games of each other. Yeah, it's uh, that, that's um, that battle for third and fourth spot in the uh, NFUPL2, remember, bearing in mind as well that uh, that third third potentially could get up into FQPL1 via, via playoffs. So that's going to be very hotly contested. Uh, they, they'd seem to sort of be dropping points and, and gaining points you know, against each other. Sanford at the moment are in third spot. Uh, Holland Park had a big loss to Magic United. Uh, but yet Magic United have, and Sanford have both got plenty of games in hand. So that might be the deciding factor on three and four. And all, even Wolves as well. They, they're sort of um, there and about as well. They can start... Uh, if they can start putting out, and the, the team actually, I from FQPL two that I've sort of you know, sort of a flying on the radar all of a sudden is North Star. They they were at bottom of the league a couple of weeks ago. They've shot up in the seventh and look, you know, look like everything is fine. We're, we're even you know musing that oh, are they in are they in a bit of trouble relegation wise? But some good results lately with their catch up games, and all of a sudden they're seeing seventh. And uh, yeah, like so I, I think finals maybe at the moment beyond them, but. Certainly safety uh, at the moment. They've got they've got a few points on the relegation battle. A couple of wins can do wonders, no doubt about that. But you mentioned Magic. They are on 15 points, and they've got three games in hand. So there's certainly opportunity for them to shoot right up the table. Let's see if they can take advantage of that starting this midweek. They've got a couple of games at home. We'll see what they can do. But we'll move on, Adam, to FQPL1 on the women's side, where there were two games played midweek. It was a 3-0 win for Brisbane City over Southwest Queensland Thunder. That was from round five. Also midweek from round eight. Virginia, from round eight, Mitchelton with a 5-3 win over Logan Lightning. Kaylee Poufroy with another four goals in that one. Adam, we'll look at the round 11 match results quickly as well. Peninsula Power, 3-0 winners over the gap. 
Western Pride 2-1 over Brisbane City. Mitchelton with a 3-0 win over Southwest Queensland Thunder and rounding out the result, results this weekend, Virginia 5, Logan Lightning 2. Yeah, the um, goal watch for the week, Cali Kelly, Kelly Pufroy, number six goals. So, um, yeah, so it's very, very hard to not talk about anything else in uh, FQPL women's other than Kelly Pufroy keeps on scoring goals. Mitchell keep on winning. And at the moment, they look like the major challengers uh, to uh, to potential power at the moment. And they're and a they're, uh, perfect start to the season. Oh, sorry, they're perfect. They're unbeaten, sorry. Yes, they're unbeaten start to the year. It's almost perfect, no doubt about yeah. that, but they do sit four points clear, Peninsula Power on 28 points, so Mitchelton's 24, they have a game in hand as well, so Peninsula Power 28 with a game in hand, Mitchelton 24, Western Pride 22, Brisbane City 17, Virginia 13, Southwest Queensland Thunder 9, Logan 6 and the Gap 1, so it does genuinely seem like a race in a race in five for the final spots, doesn't it, with Virginia potentially pushing for for that top four spot ahead of the four teams that are currently there. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think we've said that for a while that it was five into four, four. So uh, at the moment, I think the battle Virginia and um, Brisbane City might be the ones to watch. I think um, Mitchelton are going well. Western Pride also, you know, they're they're doing they're picking up points with their needs. So I think that fourth spot might be Brisbane City and uh, Brisbane City and uh, Virginia for that for that fourth spot. It does seem that way. Peninsula Power, Mitchelton and West Pride have all won at least seven games from their first 10, whereas Brisbane City and Virginia are about 50% win rate. So it does seem like that is the battle between those two sides. Yeah, and that's and that's what I think what it comes down to. I think that was, was again, it was looking at each of the... Um, each of the rosters, I think that's that's we probably pretty much sort of you know guess that's probably where it was going to go. Logan a little bit disappointing. I think they we figured they may have been a little bit higher up, but um, but yeah, but uh, just just on just on Mitchelton as well. I think uh, again it, the the story is about uh, Kelly Perfroy and uh, just she's just absolutely that's twenty six. Well, uh, what's the count now? Twenty twenty four goals. I think just Oops. checking for you yeah. actually. Let me just open that up for you. But the point the point I was trying to make was that I guess as it's well. It's twenty six goals. Twenty six goals. But uh, the point I was making as well is that yeah, like I said, it, it's not only just about her. That you know, obviously that there's a supporting cast as as well around that as, as feeding her, and and I, that's why I think makes Mitchell dangerous. Is that I think that they do have they do have you know players that are finding their their talisman, and uh, and like I said, they. I, I, I genuinely believe that uh, Michelin probably the biggest threat to uh, to potential pair at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah, all good goal scorers do need service, and she's certainly getting plenty of that out there at Travel Park at the moment. Now, we will move on quickly, Adam, talking about some of the cup action. Firstly, during the week, the results, Droidsdale Rovers 5, Broad Beach 3, Lions 2, Morton Bay United 0, Peninsula Power 2-1 in extra time over Gold Coast United, Sunshine Coast fired 2-1 over the Southside Eagles. Logan 2-1 over Olympic. And Brisbane City 4-0 over Sunshine Coast Wanderers. What is the um, the most intriguing storyline there for you in terms of results out of those, Adam? I think the biggest one was uh, Olympic. I think Olympic going down to Logan, I think it, it, that's, there's no escaping that. Uh, look, Logan, Logan were good on their, their home patch. They're always, they're always you know, going to be competitive at Cornubia Park. But uh, it's almost like that... Uh, Logan jumped them, and Olympic couldn't find a way back. And uh, you could probably say that, you know, 
Logan were brave in holding on, but uh, just yeah, Olympic just could not find that uh, that that equaliser. It just wasn't Olympics night, wasn't it? About that for me, I think it's actually potential power against a really good Gold Coast now. So to go down there, long road trip win in extra time to me, that's a quite a good result down there for those for them as well. But I want to focus more, Adam, on the actual three games coming up this week and give a little bit of a preview to those as opposed to recapping what we've seen midweek. And we'll start off with with the games on Tuesday night at firstly at Underwood Park between Roadstar Rovers and Peninsula Power. Peninsula Power going for their fourth appearance in the national round of 32. Roadstar, this is their equal best effort reaching round seven. So they'll be going for their first appearance in the national round 32. And you might look at it and think a top four side in the MPL against an FQPL one side, it should be a pretty comfortable game for Peninsula. But Roadstar, as you said, they're in really good form and at home, they can certainly make things happen. Yeah, look, Peninsula Power should start uh, should start hot favourites and rightfully so. But Look, Underwood Park on a Tuesday night in a cup tie. Look, stranger things have happened, and um, this is a side that have got you know that have got some you know got some really really good players that are MPL level players. Like obviously, yeah, you know, Mark Madley, he would love to sink Pinchel Power and and get Rochdale through. So I think motivation alone, you know, for the, for their one of their you know chief goal scoring weapons in in there. So yeah, look, it again Power. Power, I think, are our favourites, but don't write off Rochdale. Absolutely. We'll move on to the second fixture here on Tuesday night between Brisbane City and Lions SC, the third and final Classico of the season in the Australia Cup. And the 7-0 result, obviously, for, for Lions, obviously, will be somewhat significant, Adam, but they're going for their fifth appearance in the National Round 30. Brisbane City, their first, and either way, one big one big powerhouse club of Brisbane or Queensland football is going to be representing us on the national stage. Yeah, I look. I don't think it's going to be seven nil. Well, I, I wouldn't think so. Uh, I think this I is going. Not. Yeah, I think this is going to be a much closer game. It's just, you know different set of stakes. This is a big game for both clubs. You know, both both are you know NSL. Uh, NSL Foundation clubs, so they, they they have got you know name recognition on the national stage. Look, Lions are. Uh, you know the league leaders in MPL, they start favourites, but uh, certainly I would not write off City, you know, for for a second in that, uh, especially especially at home on a cup night. It's their third trip to the round seven of the Australia Cup, Adam, and both those two matchups were at home, and they were very very tight. And they took Olympic all the way to penalties. They pushed Lions all the way last year. I can't see this game being any different at home on a Tuesday night at Spencer Park. And the game last, the corresponding game last year against Lions as well, it, it was a late winner for, for Alex Fechner, if I remember correctly, I think about the 85th minute. And this is, this is a, a City side that were that were perfect that stage. It was the only match they lost last season. So, so yeah, so I think uh, I think it's going. It's Lions have got to show up and, and do the business. They just can't rely on the fact that mentally that they, they damaged them on Saturday night because this is, this game is going to be completely different. Absolutely, the final, the third and final game from the South Queen, Southeast Queensland zone. Logan Lightning and Sunshine Coast Fire on Wednesday night down there at Canubia Park. Both these sides have gone deep into Cup qualifying before Adam, but without without the ultimate success of qualifying. Somebody's going to break that duck on Wednesday night, and it could be it'd be a great story either way. Yeah, uh, like I said, yeah, we, we are guaranteed uh, one new 
new club to join, you know, join the Queensland representative in the FA Cup slash Australia Cup. Uh, look, Logan, again, being the NPL club, yeah, would probably start favourite, especially at home. But uh, Sunshine Coast Fire, now their form in the last uh, in the last couple of weeks has been outstanding. They and they are they seem to be finding ways to win. Uh, look, this this time last year, you'd say that the game tonight earlier was probably going to be a nil or draw, but they found a way to win. You know, they came back against uh, Southside Eagles last. Yeah, last Wednesday night to, to to win away from home. So yeah, Logan Logan's form hasn't been great in, in the league, other than you know that that one big win over over Olympic. And uh, look, they might they like so they made the giant killers, but uh, they may get killed themselves then if they don't sort of show up. Yeah, I would certainly not be writing off Sunshine Coast Fire. That's be quite interesting to see. We've had teams from a lot of parts of the southeast Queensland representing us. On the national stage, I mean, this will be the first time of a team from the Sunset Coast. Not to see if they can get over the line. The other game, just quickly, is the Northern Zone game between Edge Hill United of Cairns against the Magpies Crusaders from Mackay. That game will be played on Saturday, July 2nd. That's not going to be played midweek due to travel demands, but it's a rematch of last season's, last season's round seven game where Edge Hill got the result, Adam. Yeah, it's very, very difficult to um, to line up the form, the form uh, in the in these regional games. But uh, I guess the most encouraging sign that Magpies Crusaders they they won they won on Saturday, which means that they're in that there's at least in some good form. Edge Hill, we don't we don't get much lead on what's going on up in the far north Queensland league. But look, we know we know the players that they've got, and uh, this, this is going to be this actually might be surprisingly it might be a game that would be worth obviously you know keeping an eye on because uh, Magpies Crusaders, I think that they'll be desperate to right the wrongs from last year, where everyone expected them to go to go through and clean up to clean up uh, Edge Hill, and Edge Hill sort of beat them at Sajinkan Oval. To go to to uh, Tiger Park, that, that might be split revenge for Magpies Crusaders. They will certainly have their eye on that, no doubt about that. If you want a tip, I would advise you to go and speak to our um, friend James, who's yes. become a bit of an expert calling games of Edge Hill. You know, so he might be give you a bit more <laughs> insight on that one. But would you, before you do that, I'll get you to give me your performer of the week. Uh, look, I'm going to go, I have to go the obvious one, Alex Beckner. Uh, yeah, for for Lions at the moment, you know, he's just in absolutely irresistible form. And look, he's, uh, look, he, he, he's, he's, there's not much more you can say. He's, he, he's the standout player in MPL Queensland at the moment. And look, you'd hope that also as well that these performances, it's not, obviously there's a local professional team that probably ought to be looking at him, but look, given, given sort of, you know, what's going on with the league at the moment in general, uh, I reckon that there, there would be a couple of other teams in other parts of this country that may also be having a look. Well, our teams are looking, no doubt about that. Um, you went for the the obvious and the flash goal scorer. I'll go for the midfielder who did all action, plenty of time on the ball once again, Joey Duckworth, although he was absolutely superb on the ball once again, and another goal underneath the walls, the second one for the year, so he's my performer of the week. Yeah, no, he, look, that, and that's uh, also as well that, you know, like I said, players like Andy Pengelly, who's been very, very quiet, uh, which, which will be said, even though he's, he's scored, you know, double digits in goals this year, and I expect that, but again, at the end of the day, those players only thrive because of the service that comes out midfield, and uh, Joe Duckworth and Sean Carlos as well are, you know, are responsible for that, so it is a team effort, uh, so it's probably good that there you are know, two Lions players in the performance of the week this week. 
Seven nil winners and the centre forward was quiet. You know you're going well when that's the case. <laughs> yeah, he'll look. He'll come out in the cup. You watch. He I would he'll, not be shocked. And Andy always does in the uh, in the in the cup ties. So I, if if you're having a sneaky bet on first goals, was if they had that market, get on Andy Pengelly. Gamble responsible. Gamble responsible. And that's that's gonna be my final words for this show. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. We'll be back once again next week to recap all the round seven cup tosses as well as the league action. We'll talk to you then.